0: Welcome to Meant to Move, a series all about developing our relationship with our bodies and learning how to see our body not as an obstacle, but as a path to a more fulfilling life. I am Marie Janicek, a movement expert here to guide you towards becoming more in tune with your body.
1: And I'm Julia Sport, a layperson who will go on this journey with you and help you avoid beginner mistakes. Together, we will discuss all things regarding movement, embodiment, intuition, and body image to help you reach your goals regarding physical health, mental health, athletic performance, spirituality, emotions, and relationships.
0: Thank you for tuning
1: in. So, hello everyone, welcome to Meant to Move. We welcome you if you are a Being Better listener, if you are this thing called movement listener, or if you just stumbled upon this series. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that this series can help you with getting to know your body, getting to know yourself, trusting the process of growing, falling in love with movement, and learning the amazing transformative effects it can have on your spirituality, on your health, on your mental health, on your relationships, all the amazing things that we're going to discuss in the upcoming episodes. So I'm so thankful to you for joining us. And yeah, I am Julia Shpore and I am joined by Marie Janicek. Hello, Marie. Thank you so much for doing this with me.
0: Oh my goodness, it is such a divine pleasure to be here, Julia. (laughs) Um, All the things you just mentioned in that little invitation and preemptive dive into what we'll be diving into, these are all topics that are so close to my heart and bring me so much life and joy and inspiration. And so it is an immeasurable treat to be able to set aside time to just focus on this and to have an opportunity to share it with anyone who's been wanting to open up their relationship with their bodies and tune into that innate power that they feel within them and to really be able to embrace it in a much larger way. So I'm so excited to have you all with us today. Welcome. Yeah,
1: I think like this energy is so... I don't know contagious and I hope that it is contagious to other people as well um because it is such an such an incredible topic and I think such a topic that we do not discuss enough uh so maybe we should start by just talking about why this series like we are both we both have our own podcasts with that are slightly different um so Marie can you answer for the listeners why are we making this series? And maybe I'll it for me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, you
0: ha- invited me on your podcast a few months ago, and we had such a great time talking and felt so much synergy. And both within that conversations and the conversations around creating that interview, I think we both recognize this deeper sense of exploration people want to tap into when it comes to relating to their bodies. And while there are so many incredible avenues that already exist to help us feel that vitality and that thrum and that energy, whether it's through something like CrossFit or running or swimming, rock climbing, or things like animal flow or dance, whatever, whatever may spark that curiosity, I think there's an awakening happening, which I have been waiting for for a really long time, where people don't just want to be treating their bodies like machines. And there's an inherent dissatisfaction with just trying to get through the physical and sort of mechanistic results-driven orientation around fitness and around moving. And this relationship with movement as something that goes beyond the physical, but actually helps shape and enrich us on mental, emotional, and even spiritual levels is something that's just so fundamental to being human and so fundamental to having a body. And we're seeing this incredible rise in the desire to find embodiment. But I think there can also be a lot of confusion in terms of what embodiment means and how Mm. to actually practice it and like what it feels like and what it looks like and what is the practicality around that. So um, a lot of this series is designed to be shaped around leading both Julia and all of you (laughs) listeners through a series of practices that will help you find your unique relationship to your body, help you understand the different aspects and elements of embodiment, and just give you more resources, tools, and even inspiration in terms of that ownership of following what feels good to you and trusting in that. And so uh, Mm. this is something that I've devoted most of my career to is, is understanding this powerful leverage of listening to our body's intuition because it is a highly sophisticated innate intelligence that knows so much. And when we allow ourselves to listen to it, we're actually allowing ourselves to listen to an vastly powerful part of ourselves that co-mingles with the physicality, co-mingles with our mind, with our spirit and to help us understand that there really is no separation here and when we bring all of that in we're just able to create so much more joy and and fun and play and reduce a lot of that unnecessary sacrifice, suffering and stress that yeah. most of us think we have to put up with.
1: Exactly. I think a lot of us have that misconception and a lot of us have a very negative relationship with our bodies that we're going to discuss today and we think of our bodies as well something separate from ourselves that's something that we can shape or we have to shape because this is not ourselves this is just this vessel this container um and I really want to dive deep into that today. So, maybe just to clarify for anyone new here, I am the newbie here. I am the layperson. I am just the representation of you, the average person, the average listener. I'm not saying that you are not amazing and awesome. I'm just saying that probably just as me, you don't know a lot about these things, these things being. All the knowledge that Marie has gathered through, you know, the years of her experience with movement therapy, with teaching how to move and how to become in tune with our bodies, how to develop intuition, how to pick up on energy, and how to learn about also your spirit in a very scientific and empirical way, which is something that I'm super attracted to. Um, and so the way we want to shape these episodes is we want to have a, have conversations um, and uh, bring together these two perspectives, uh, the perspectives of a beginner and a pers- the perspective of an expert. So we want to we want to talk about the theory and discuss what just is deep uh, within our hearts about these topics and also uh, later on in the episode you will hear more of a practical discussion where Marie is going to give me tips and instructions on practices and different things I should try and to develop that relationship and then you can just have a bit of a taste of what this actually is, what you should do, how you should practice it, how you should not practice that. um, And yeah, you're going to have the entire package of instructions um, at the end of the episode. And also there are going to be links to the website where you're going to have like deeper um deep, like deeper in- instructions um I think that will be in the blog section on the website that you can find in the in the show notes in the episode description and I am very excited about that today's first episode is going to be about the relationship with our bodies because I think this is the, the way to get into that to get into why so many people are do not feel in tune? Why do so many people hate their bodies? Why so many people hate movement? Why we have this big misunderstanding of what movement is and and why this whole thing seems so stressful? Um, so I'm super excited to, to dive deep into that.
0: Yeah. So I think this parallel of looking at the relationship we have with our bodies as an actual relationship, the same way we look at relationships with romantic partners, significant others, friends, family, coworkers, you know, there's so much powerful new information rising right now in terms of how we think about relationships and so much more alignment happening to have authentic and mutually beneficial relationships, to have open communication, to allow each person to be upfront and honest in what they want and who they are and to be able to receive that. And the truth, I think, of most spiritually focused teachings is that everything in your life is a relationship. And in my work and a lot of what I've experienced both personally as a teacher, as a guide, as an educator, is that this relationship with our bodies is in many ways the most foundational relationship of all because it is unconditional. As long as you're here in this life, in this physicality, your body is with you. But we fail to understand the nuances and the importance of this relationship when we think of our body as this physical thing and when we separate our minds as this prioritized higher valued piece of ourselves that runs the ship and the truth is and we think
1: like the body like we think that the mind is something separate from the body which actually is such bullshit yeah i mean
0: if we are gonna even take a more practical analytical scientific approach we can all agree that everything is made up of energy and energy is never created or destroyed and so if you're willing to embrace that, if you believe in that fundamental truth, then you can start to see how choosing to see one form of energy as separate from another inherently is going to be mixing up the foundational premise that allows you to find more fluency and ease. And so this idea of how like, energy works physically being different from how our energy works mentally and emotionally is so flawed. And all the science is showing us time and time again, just in deeper and more specific levels of how that is not true. And so in my experience, something that I think becomes problematic when we're talking about the body and when we're talking about enriching our relationship to our body is trying to keep our physicality separate. And the truth about our relationship to our body and this concept of embodiment is that there are four fundamental principles that all coexist. It's a physical aspect, a mental, and an emotional, and even a spiritual. And whether you consider yourself a spiritual human being or not, I like to think of this last principle more as what is your relationship to your body in context of your life? Right. So you don't have to have it associated with a specific kind of teaching or belief system. It is just the greater, more philosophical context that you see your body in in relationship to all the pieces of your life. And these four pillars are always exchanging information through the principles of energy, And so when we look at our bodies and we are paying attention to the physical and we fail to listen to the messages that are coming to us through the mental, emotional, and spiritual channels within that, we are inherently cutting out 75% of the equation. And as a result, this is what makes exercise such a tumultuous, such a painful, such a conflicting place of strife and struggle for most people because they're trying to change something from purely the physical. Meanwhile, we're getting a lot of important signals from an emotional space, a mental space, even a spiritually or philosophically oriented space. And when we are suppressing those signals and failing to listen to them or pushing them to the side, That means we are not allowing ourselves to orient in the direction of movement that is going to serve us best. And a huge reason of why I even started my podcast was to just provide a resource and sort of a foundation of inspiration for people that following those other impulses, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, are just as important as following those physical cues.
1: Yeah, and I think this is what a lot of people um do not understand when they start their quote unquote fitness journey. You know, they they want to change only the physical um space to to feel better because they think that this is the only thing that requires change. right? I want to I want to be healthy, feel good. And then I should just go to the gym and lift and become bulky and have muscles and have. You know, the quote-unquote high metabolism. And I think, I think what begins the bad relationship with our bodies in our current times is that we have huge expectations toward our bodies. Um, we do not think in terms of what our body does, how it feels, what it is. We only think about it in terms of how we want it to look. We think that our bodies are there um to be looked at and i think Mm. this is such a such a weird thing if you think about it because we are animals like our bodies are the main tool that we use to do everything to smell Mm -hmm. to see to to run to you know make a podcast to make art um you know all the creative things that you're doing that's also what your body is doing and it's crazy to think that we are separating ourselves from uh, from the body as if it wasn't, like it, the, the whole creativity, the science thing was not the result of, of the body and we just think about it that this is, right, this container that we can shape, that the body is not ourselves, this is like the co- container for the self, but, but it is not the self itself and so we um, we can just shape it and this is what we also talked and uh, talked about in our other conversation that um, I think to to hurt a person you have to some somehow dehumanize them in your mind you have to make them separate from yourself and then you can right do something painful to them to shape them or to do whatever you feel like um is going to I don't know to, to change them. And the same thing I think goes uh, with the body. So in order to shape it the way we want it, um, we have to sort of make it separate from ourselves and, and dehumanize it as if it is just this vessel. Uh-huh. It is just this thing, this object that we can do whatever we want with. Um, and then the diet starts, then the, the all the different um, like. You know, removing the fat and just bodog start, um, because this is what we want to do, and it's okay to to do that. The you know all these different like operations, because it is not it is not me. It is just an an object that I can do whatever I want to with, yeah. um. And I think this is what what this whole relationship with with our body starts with. It's just that we have so many expectations. Um, of course, it is not you know the the fault of of ourselves it's just a fault of like you know the society as a whole because this is this message that we've been told since we were children mm-hmm. that if you are a woman your your body is an ornament and that is serve that it that, you know the purpose of it is to look nice for children but you know after you have children you also have to come back to looking very nice like you know a skinny 20 mm-hmm. um and if you are a man as well i think uh, body image is a huge problem among um men as well you know to look bulky to look uh, you know like schwarzenegger and to lift and to i don't know i think there are so many expectations that we have and very often we are so obsessed with with them when it comes to ourselves but we are we are we are kinder to other people and their bodies and that's also very interesting i think we very often um what we hate in ourselves we are very tolerant and like love in others so this whole thing yeah. is so so nuanced right
0: well i think the most fascinating thing to think about when we're looking at this aesthetic equation which drives s- All of us, in terms of what we choose to do with our bodies, I think like the number one motivator of how people initiate into any form of movement, there's a huge part of it. um, And that, of course, differs from person to person depending on where they are at in relationship to their body. But by and large, predominantly, I would say most people are motivated from that aesthetic perspective. And there's an interesting paradox here because. There's something more powerful underlying that aesthetic desire. And it's the belief that with a certain body aesthetic comes a certain set of sensation and visceral and embodiment um, sort of feelings and experiences and states of being. So it's it is very strange to think about the fact that when we are trying to move towards these aesthetic changes. It really comes down to because we believe we are going to enjoy the feeling of our bodies more, whether we feel strong when we go Mm. to move. And then we know that that translates into just feeling strong in how we relate to people, whether we're in business, whether we're in relationships. I mean let's like not beat around the bush and talk about probably the most predominant reason people want to look beautiful. It's for partnership. It's for intimacy and sexual pleasure. And yet yeah. at the same time, we also see this massive awareness rising that many people struggle to actually feel pleasure when they are in intimate and sexual situations of partnerships of all kind. Um, yeah. And there's a growing Revolution, which I'm so excited about, that allows people to explore this idea of sexual intimacy and pleasure and really discover what their desires are and feel into it. But you cannot necessarily get there unless you are also dealing with this fundamental relationship with your body, which comes down to being able to have a healthy relationship with the sensations of your body and see them as relevant and valid and all the things we move towards whether we're talking about those aesthetic goals or those like results goals that we think are going to bring the aesthetics that we think are going to bring the feeling if we're not practicing that feeling in our bodies and and getting clear on it preemptively we're not guaranteed to get them when we receive that result mm. or that outcome and I was a victim of this myself many times over between my career as a dancer and my first few years as a personal trainer where I was so obsessed with body image. I had eating disorders. I had body dysmorphia. And I went to very ridiculous extremes, as many, many people do, not just women, in order to achieve these goals. And often I would achieve them and actually feel far less stable than than I did before. And my relationship with feeling beautiful or feeling strong and lean and lithe, while I looked like that to many people, my ability to feel into that varied moment to moment, day by day, where I would have days where I would feel amazing and powerful and beautiful. And the next day I would be in tears, crying about how I was fat and ugly and feeling the exact opposite. And it took me a long time to unlearn that pattern. And I'm incredibly grateful for those experiences because it launched me into trying to examine this core thing of what I was looking for and realizing that this was something I could create not just through the physicality, but as when I was starting to look at, well, what are the thoughts I'm having in relationship to my body? What is my mental relationship here? What are the emotions I have in relationship to my body? What's that emotional relationship here? And then the spiritual context, the philosophical context as well. When I started actively bringing these things into the equation, I found I was actually trying to work out and push myself way less, but I was finding my way towards movement experiences that felt pleasurable felt playful felt fun felt revelatory and and they were not just fun in like like oh like it feels like a game it was fun in who i got to meet it was fun in the new sort of deluge of sensations i got to experience i got to feel this feeling of freedom and being unlimited and just full of joy and play and these were not things i was finding through my previous focuses in the gym or you know even in dance classes as a young adult and as a young woman. So this yeah it's a very interesting juxtaposition here that like the fact that we are chasing the aesthetic if you take a moment to consider this for yourself and I invite you all listening to do this what is the emotion behind that aesthetic motivation? And get clear on like what that emotion that you desire is and allow yourself to spend time trying to feel it because without knowing what that emotion feels like, you will not have the ability to link up with the practices that are actually going to get you there. And they may be CrossFit. They may be something else, you know, but unless you have that clarity emotionally and vibrationally first, you won't be able to notice when things match up. And when there's like a signal of resonance happening.
1: Yeah, well, I think that it's very often that we have these, like, we want to do something. We want to like start a certain movement practice or look a certain way, but we do not stop ourselves to think, well, why? What is it going to change in my life? What am I trying to achieve? Very often the answer is I'm trying to uh, look a certain way because they want to feel better and if i look this way then i will feel better um and when you stop yourself for a second um you can be aware of that and i'm not saying that then you will you know change your whole view because if you want to like i don't know look better this is not bad this is like a biological need for us to to be you know To to be attractive for our partners, you know, Mm -hmm. this is not something that we can change in ourselves. This is, like, in our genes. And this is not, like, inherently bad. No. However, you have to be aware and not become a slave of those desires to look a certain way. And just... And at least, like, become aware. Um, Because, right, what also you told me as a very, like, I think, a very interesting story is that... um. You had those uh, like expectations that you wanted to change your body, and when you let go of that and just focused on right the more emotional, spiritual, and you know mental aspect, then the physicality changed. And Again, that is not some kind of magic or like, you know, law of attraction where you send up some thoughts and then these magically appear. No, when you focus on your mental health, on your spiritual health and emotions, then you become, you you actually can rest. You know, movement is hard and we get tired and we overtrain ourselves ourselves if we are not careful this is what happened to me uh, very often in the past but when you are in tune with all those other aspects then you can be more smart and actually feel be in tune with your body and develop intuition and then work out smarter know when when to push yourself harder and when to let go when to just be at peace and rest and all those factors are very important and i know it's easier said than done to say let go of this desire to look a certain way and focus on other aspects it's it's very it's very hard but it's certainly doable but I don't want to be the person that says that you know it's it's hard it's bad to to want to look attractive it's bad to want to um I don't know shape your body in this way because it is in our genes and let's not pretend yeah. that that the society does not value and praise people who are conventionally attractive because and- it does and and it's, it is in sort of in, in, a, in a way easier for the people who are conventionally attractive. That's just that, 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 yeah. That is true. And I also think that people
0: who love who they are, who found that resonance to be, to feel beautiful as they are, also create incredible magnetism for themselves. Yeah. And yeah. there there's like a very interesting thing that happens when we are able to, fully love and embrace who we are in the moment where we like, we create this synergy and this massive level of attraction because we are generating an energetic sense of confidence and capacity and strength. And whenever we feel that strongly within ourselves, we emanate it forth and people are drawn to that. So yes, people are drawn to visual aspects, but again, talking about everything being energy when someone has found alignment on all four principles, then then they're in coherence with themselves. And in some ways, that physical equation is not the most important because you have a leverage over more of it. And I also agree with you, Julia, that this desire to be attractive is an important one. <laughs> um, but I think we also engage in a lot of hubris. We don't have the humility, that and the understanding and the awareness of this innate intelligence of our bodies. And so we get in our own way. And And yeah, this um, taking this leap of not actively doing something for the physical change is a terrifying one. And it's a cycle I dove into for the first time back in 2017. 16, 17 around those two years. And it was the first time that I was not moving every day for an hour or two hours or three, because as a pre-professional and professional dancer, like that's all I knew. And it was a beautiful space to be in, to move my body in so many ways, but I was also injured all the time. I had a lot of health issues. I was not getting enough sleep. And I finally had a doctor sort of alert me to the fact that I was If I didn't change something, I was going to hit infertility or even hit hypothyroidism at a certain point, and both of which are irreversible, and that I still had a window to change it. And I was 25 at the time. So taking that leap to move less. And and the way I was able to negotiate this for myself was I had to put meditation first, which I'd never done before. And while I knew I wanted to do it, while I knew it was going to be helpful for me, just was scary. This idea of putting aside an hour or two hours a day between travel and getting myself to these actual spaces to sit and do nothing. And then to sort of eat away at my movement time. And what I had to do is I had to exchange one for the other in order to make that work. And that was my decision. It doesn't have to be yours. I'm sure there's many ways to sort of find compromise nowadays. But what I was so surprised by is that after a year of really not prioritizing movement, when I came back, not only did I not lose everything I'd been building towards. But in some ways, I was able to scale into better results, better outcomes much faster. And as you sort of inferred earlier, every time I've made the shift out of the aesthetic goal and taken time to pay attention to the emotional, mental, and spiritual, along with the physical practices I'm doing. And I'm paying attention to how any movement exchange I do makes me feel on all four of these levels. If I'm getting a green light on at least like two or three of them, then I move forward with it. And every time I'm following that, even in terms of choosing when to go and when to rest, when to not do, when to slow down, it's just, yeah. it's been wild how much faster I've been able to make results happen, not just in my physical capacity, my strength and my coherence and coordination, but even in things like my weight distribution and my alignment, you know, not just even talking about, you know, muscle versus fat, but then how everything is stacking in my body, my propensity to be more resilient and have less injuries and, um, a big metaphor i've been using a lot lately to help people understand the power of following these impulses and trusting that process of backing off a little bit or slowing down or taking a moment to rethink and make a pivot we al- we always think about progress as a very linear line you know just sort of like a diagonal across the graph and yet we've heard it taught through multiple lenses of awareness, whether we're talking business or learning or relationships, that progress is not linear. And we've all seen people demonstrate that sort of up and down uh, shift and like valleys and peaks that then sort of move along that line. Well, in my experience, when you're actually listening to that natural, cyclical, intuitive wave, that's just like an inherent part of life energy and how Every system on this planet works when you follow that and you're not resisting it and you're listening to it and you're just going with that flow. Yes, you're having this up down cascade, but the line is no longer a line. What ends up happening is the aggregate of that. Those peaks and valleys actually bring you into an exponential curve where you are achieving greater results way faster because you've synced up with this innate rhythm. And so then you allow yourself that ability to have these massive surges and leveling up. And a huge part of that is because we inherently have a lot of judgments, beliefs, and inner resistance when it comes to trusting our bodies and believing in the power of our bodies and the power of these energetic fluctuations. And when you are getting your head out of that sort of single-minded, narrow-minded focus on physicality and you start observing the sort of joy and pleasure or like noticing which things intrigue your mind in an interesting way and which things have you feel connected to community in a new way, what you end up doing is you end up releasing some of that pent-up resistance. You allow the innate intelligence of your body to do its thing and then it feels like magic when you watch things kind of come together in ways you never thought you could get with so little effort and so little stress.
1: Mm, I really love what you're saying about, right, progress is not linear. Um, and coming back, what you said about, right, your, um, your experience with, you know, losing your period and, and the, the danger of infer- infertility and uh, this is something that i experienced as well and i think many people do um amenorrhea especially you know when it comes to women who who are very active and who are perfectionists and also who right struggle with with body image i think it's very common and i i was scared you know when when i lost my period for for a longer um, time and i also had to you know, not stop moving, but I really did not move a lot and I had to change my definition of movement. So I knew that movement is very important to me for my mental health, but I knew that I had to decrease the amount and the volume and the intensity of the of the movement. And so when I started thinking about that, when I started thinking about my health, my mental health, uh, and I knew that I had to change um, my exercise routine, I started to move away from those very intense um, practices and began to meditate, do yoga, walk, um, you know, do a bit of maybe some rock climbing every once in a while. Um do some very gentle movements and began to shift my definition of what movement is because I used to think that only when you sweat and quote-unquote burn calories this is movement yeah and I think this is very often why people have very bad relationship with moving they I'm gonna I'm not gonna say they we to a point we hate moving and some people really hate like cannot imagine themselves going to gym or going on a run and when i say you know i just came from from Iran and it was awesome and this that was the best part of my day they're like what the hell are you talking about running is painful mm. and moving moving is painful and and i think when we shift those definitions and when we try and when we become open to all the ways we can move our bodies whether that's dancing yoga walking we start to understand that moving is not a means to changing our bodies and then we become open to all the incredible effects that movement can have on all those areas of your life it can improve your relationships it can make you less stressed and then you start doing it because you just enjoy it and then you no longer have to struggle with oh you know this year i want to be more active because i've you know i haven't been to the gym in four years and i really hate it but i have to i have to you know sign up for that program Mm -hmm. when you are open to all these incredible practices and let go of the expectations again coming back to that when you let go of the expectations and and embrace all the ways you can move and and pick the practice that will be helpful for what you're feeling today then suddenly that relationship with movement is no longer a struggle you just want to do it it becomes something that you that is your favorite part of your day um it's not something that you have to do to shape your body um It is something that you just crave because this is what we are—we are designed to do. You know the "meant to move," um, title of this series. It is just a reference to the fact that we have physical bodies here that you know transform food into energy, and this allows us to move. And this is what we are meant to move. There are countless studies that prove that when we move we are happier we are healthier everything in our body works we do not struggle with anxiety depression uh, bad relationships addiction all the also all those huge problems that we struggle with these days all those problems we don't have we don't have to struggle with them that's what i'm mm-hmm. saying we are meant to move and when we actually move not just because we we want to shape our bodies, suddenly all those areas can be transformed.
0: Well, so much powerful wisdom (laughs) there, first off. And one of the things that popped up immediately for me when you're discussing how moving can feel really painful and difficult for people, when we have grown up in a society that devalues the body and prizes the mind. And when we are conditioned out of our connection with our body as young as just a few years old when we are first put in school, and the second we start going through education processes to prepare us for the quote-unquote real world, Mm. so much of the information we are being presented with is all about pushing the body to the side because we live in a world where how we think determines our success and determines everything. And so we learn to distrust our bodies. We're taught to distrust them. We're taught to push those messages away because we all have connection to those messages. And those messages are coming through. The question is, are you listening? And are you have you developed a relationship where you trust those messages when they come up? And by and large, we're taught to not trust them. And so then people know that we still do have to take care of our bodies, but it comes through this mindset of, you know, I have to care for my body because it holds my mind (laughs) and my mind is this valuable thing. So it's inherently a lopsided prioritization, which leads to lopsided thinking of how to address it. So people push themselves into movement because they have to and they should. And there's also that so they're not thinking about things that would feel really good to them and making decisions there. They're trying to make decisions based off of time, energy, and money. And they're trying to take care of as many of those things in as short a short time with least expense, with least stress as possible. Because we're already negotiating an enormous amount of stress. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't had that trust with your body for several decades, any measure you take to move it is going to be uncomfortable. And yes, we experience that as physical discomfort, but a huge reason why that physical discomfort is so intense is if you have not really been in an active, intentional relationship with your body's sensations, which is such a vulnerable thing. We started this episode talking about Understanding our body through the lens of a relationship like you would a romantic partner or any healthy relationship where communication flows freely and there's listening and there's, you know, meeting those needs happening on both sides of that communication. Well, imagine being in a marriage with someone and anytime you say anything, they're either ignoring you, not listening to you, gaslighting you, overriding what you're saying. Do you think that would be a fulfilling, happy relationship? No. And considering the fact that this is how most of us are relating to our bodies, it's actually a miracle that our bodies continue to love us in such an unconditional way and give us back as much as they do. Like that's how much your body wants to be a cooperative, loving, helpful, useful, supportive partner. I mean, it If you want to really experience an unconditionally loving relationship, your body is doing that for you. The question is, what are you doing with it? And so it is normal to have that really intense sense of discomfort and dis-ease when you step in. And a huge part of that is because there's this mental, emotional, and philosophical, spiritual quotient that hasn't been addressed that just like any romantic or significant relationship requires a deep level of vulnerability and intimacy. And so something that's really important when we start actively trying to mend this relationship with our bodies and when we start really trying to move our bodies more is realizing that that's a huge piece of going on. We're trying to be vulnerable with ourselves and that's really scary. And initially it's going to highlight all the aspects of where we are versus where we want to be. And those gaps mm. are going to feel large and they're going to feel scary and they're going to feel overwhelming. And so that is, that is just part of the process, right? Change and transformation while there is a hope on one side that is sort of illuminating and promising everything we want. We have to understand that the process of change from a biological perspective is really uncomfortable and that it isn't easy. And that just because you're hitting discomfort doesn't mean you're doing it wrong or it's bad, that that's actually normal. And so allowing all parts of ourselves to be in the equation of embodiment and in our relationship with our bodies is so important and I know I'm talking really long so I'll wrap this up with one <laughs> more point
1: no it's all so nuanced and I really hope that if you feel bad with your body or or feel bad about movement that is okay this is there is nothing wrong with you and you shouldn't be ashamed of that you know we all, go through that to some degree. Some people take it to extremes and you know have to be hospitalized. Mm. You know, I have people who 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 have a very healthy relationship with their bodies from from the from the like beginning, from childhood basically. And you know, these people exist. However, no matter where you are in that journey, that is completely fine. You deserve the best and and I'm sure you can find help if you struggle with that. And I hope that this podcast, uh, this series, can also be a resource for that, and so maybe this can be our segue into the more practical side of everything. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is uh, when now Marie will let me and you know what we can do and uh, what are some practices and when this is like the more the the movement therapy side of things. So you can here now let you know the entire process of how. Movement can be used as a way of healing uh, mm. our relationship with with our body, mind, spirit, um, mm. and emotions.
0: Oh, I remember what I wanted to say earlier. Do we have time for <laughs> that? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You mentioned this point about movement being incredible medicine and resource to help mitigate a lot of the conflict we deal with. Um, and talking about biology, our We were designed to offset stress and pressure and anxiety through movement. (laughs) And yet, and because we have this prioritization of intellect and this sort of dehumanization of the body, as you so poetically put together at the start of this conversation, we don't believe, we don't trust in that inherent evolutionary, biological, natural principle of. Movement being our resource, our resource to help transmute the pent-up energy that's not serving us, that's limiting us, that's debilitating us, and to be able to alchemize it into something that's nourishing, that's replenishing, and that's generative. And so the more we can understand this influx of energies, always being a constant, and use those signals, it's something that I was... I've really been trying to focus on the last few years is how do you use your emotions as a signal and how do you use the quote unquote negative emotions as an opportunity to create alchemy and using movement as a tool for that is incredibly profound. So just another little tidbit to plant in all of your minds that I hope lands for you and inspires you in some way. Um, Just wanted to sort of slide that in before we sort of go through the process of coaching Julia and also coaching all of you who are tuning in and giving you the opportunity to start rewiring this relationship and the uh, pleasure of joining us on this journey into Mm -hmm. finding more harmony within ourselves.
1: Okay, well, let's imagine, or let's not imagine. Actually, here is a case. I'm a client and I come to you. um, What are some first... Uh, well, questions that you ask, how do you um, start this relationship? So the first thing I I like to start with
0: is sort of, let's start with what it is that you're here for, right? Because mm. something led you here, a motivation. And we're just going to take a little time to discuss like what you're looking to gain in relationship to your body. And as we talk through that, we're going to talk through your history, your past experiences, what's led you up to here. And from there, we're going to mm. start to weave in the threads of these four pillars and and then figure out what needs the most resourcing and what's going to be the path of least resistance.
1: Yeah. So basically, maybe let's start with where I come from when it comes to that. So um, movement has always been such a huge part of how I express myself, how I just It was, it is a very dear um, thing to me, maybe a way to to express my emotions and just, and be and live. Hmm. So I've always been a very active kid. I've always moved in every single way just to, to show that I am happy and just to, you know, to take advantage of the fact that I've been given the opportunity to move. I I have. I have a body I have all those limbs that I can move and I can run I can I can use them as a tool to explore um and so I, yeah I've always been quite an explorer so so as a kid uh, that was a very pure I think relationship because I I used movement as a tool to express my joy um to get to 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 be with other people because I've I've always loved moving with others um and just right to, to to explore to 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 see um and so um later on i uh, began competitive swimming so that was a very um big chapter of my life that i think was very influential um i got i am a very competitive person so um so I put a lot of pressure on myself and during that, during that time, um, I felt a lot of pressure also from, from just, you know, being in the team and having coaches, having expectations, um, and and I, I realized that actually even though I'm a competitive person and I expect a lot from myself, I began hating going to competitions. Really. I, I was sick uh, in the morning. I couldn't like I, I, I couldn't eat. I was so stressed. Like before I I, you know, jumped in the pool, like I had some like, you know, bowel movements from, from stress and mm. it was just like it was awful really it was it was incredibly stressful um I didn't have very supportive uh, coaches they had a lot of expectations however they did not really teach um like they did not pay attention to just to all the mistakes that I made and and so um I I think in that chapter I began thinking of my body as a way to get things to Mm -hmm. to get you know to, to win and to get a good time and to to you know be successful in, in in the swimming world and so I got so burned out and my relationship with my body was suffering that was also the time that I um, developed that you know disordered eating patterns and and began to to restrict because I was unhappy with um just what my body was doing and also I, I just wanted to change things. I, I thought that if I was restricting and focused on the quote unquote healthy eating then maybe my performance would be better or I don't know. I, I just think I wanted to have that sense of control because I didn't have that in in, in moving and in competition. Mm. Um and so I had to I have to I had to quit swimming. Uh but also I didn't want to do it anymore. I, I began to hate something that I used to love. Through all that pressure, through that expectation um, of how I wanted my body, what 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 I wanted my body to do, I completely like disregarded um the the mental the emotional the spiritual aspect of that and uh, that i had as a kid because i just had that purpose of what i wanted my body to do mm-hmm. um and so then i i started to i stopped um i stopped swimming and i i focused more on on health and and recovering um and th- that was the time that i kind of got into running uh, because right uh, movement was still important in my life so so I got into running because it was my thing. Mm. I did it alone. Um, I did not have to share the results uh, of that with anyone else. Uh, and I, I did not have to even measure it if I didn't want to. I just ran and I loved seeing how I improved. Not mm. because I wanted to improve and I, I didn't have like any coach. I didn't I didn't know what to do. I just did it and I saw improvement. So like improvements, and not because I had expectations, and I because I had like training schedule, I just did it, and I did it more and more and more, and I I love doing it. Uh, This is the point where I was introduced into like the vegan community that I was like. it was really important for me because I also started to learn about the spirituality aspect because you know a lot of vegans uh, came into that space because they, uh, they you know through a spiritual practice or through that ethical mindset and so this is when I learned about meditation and yoga and and, and using movement as a as a way to to become healthier on that ground. You know, scheme of things, and so this point I think was so influential and and, and transformative uh, because I learned that when you let go of these expectations, this is when when change happens. Um, you know, I also had those bad patterns that I took from swimming swimming into running. So you know, I had I was overtrained a couple of times. I also had like an, a a smaller injury um but this is you know this is um something that we we talked about early, earlier that movement is not linear and and I experienced a lot of plateau uh in my in my running because I I was over training myself and I did not mm-hmm. have that intuition to like go of like training for a while and and focus on on other practices that are better for me um and then I realized that to right, it, like it seems very intuitive that you know when you're overtrained you should rest and you should and then you will be better but you have to understand well, that when you are when you have the the mindset of an athlete and you see that your results are getting worse your your instinct is to to keep practicing more. more and more and this is yeah exactly and i think um, there's so also this, the
0: yeah it's also relevant to just say that sometimes when we're overtraining, it's because we start something and it generates so much excitement and good feeling. But then we become really dependent on this thing to keep generating that. And then we sort of sometimes lose our fluency and listening to the signals that are coming through like, oh, cool down and rest. It's like, but no, I need a hit. And so many people get that addictive Mm -hmm. relationship with movement as well, which is part of why we can sometimes lose that Foresight or that Mm. discernment aspect, and it's. I think it also comes down to fundamentally we don't trust that things will get better if we slow down.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is like that is that is exactly that, and I think it is addictive. You know, learning that running gave me such joy. Also, you know, because I was exploring as I was using it, not just as I mean to to you know be more fit, but actually just to you know get to know my surroundings and explore the forests and the lakes and just and it was so exciting that right it, it is addictive um and so this is where i i come from i i started to increase um just you know my my running distances i i took part in in some races recently and i i fell in love in that um i also like i'm a i i am ai am I love solitary sports, I love endurance sports, I love cycling and, and swimming is still dear to me even though I have that trauma, you know, I would say yeah. and my relationship with that is complicated and yeah. so when it comes to what I want to do, I would love to get more in tune uh, with my body, I want to get to like really Make sure that I am doing things for the right reasons, and I am listening to all the cues that my body is giving me when I am doing things for the wrong reasons and um yeah, I just I guess I want to let go of these expectations, um also figure out you know develop a more positive uh body image and overcome those struggles um and and also find that deep joy that I had you know, as a kid uh, that I experienced, you know, when I, when I, for example, dance for no reason, just because it feels nice, um, and, and find that deep joy that comes when you just, you know, when you just shake your body, um, Mm -hmm. and, and do all those little things. Mm -hmm. So, so I guess I want to, I want to do that. also, you know, I love increasing my physical performance and becoming better, um, so, you know, that would be also be great to work on that. But I, I understand that um, those are, it is it's a hard uh, balance to keep, you know, wanting to increase your performance but not get too attached to those expectations.
0: Well, first things first, I think <laughs> you have a very strong relationship to your body and to the power of movement that's an important thing to just state because not everybody comes into an initial conversation with me having that. Um, And you have really strong, clear desire around what you want your relationship with your body to feel like. And a huge piece of that is you've experienced that surge of fluency, harmony, power, vitality in several instances. And what I'm hearing is you just want to be able to increase that more and to let that continue to evolve and expand and and be enriched. And especially through some of the trauma that you experienced with swimming, I have full faith that your relationship with swimming is on its way to coming back into your life (laughs) and that in many ways, like some of the disassociation you experience is an opportunity for you to get into deeper levels of communion with yourself that a part of you really wanted and had been asking for. Um, I bring that up because sometimes I think a lot of times we fail to give injury, give um, conflict, give those challenging moments in our experience their appreciation And I have experienced many times in my life and watched happen for every other people, every injury, every moment of disconnect with our body is always an opportunity that leads us into something richer and more beautiful. So I think it's important to honor those experiences and not be upset about them or, you know, want to sever them from ourselves or to hold anger towards them. I mean. Anger is a healthy emotion. I think allowing yourself to also process those feelings allows that to be integrated, but just to keep in context that there's always opportunity in those conflicts. And because you're at such a high level (laughs) and you're already, you actually already have a healthy foundation of understanding this relationship with intuition in your body this means I get to be a little bit more leading edge with you
1: <laughs> um,
0: and and just like you said, you are interested in these physiological changes and improvements on an athletic scale in a results oriented capacity but I really appreciate the awareness that that will come. And so mm-hmm. for you Julia, and for those of you who this also resonates for intimately, I think the the important, piece to focus on right now and and to set up practices around is this trust that your body knows what you want and knows how to get you there. It knows. And it is fully equipped to take you there. And it wants to take you there. So it's developing this relationship of trust that your body is as innately intelligent as your spirit and as your mind. And these parts all commingle. There is no separating them. So when you feel like you're tired and you need to slow down, trusting that and allowing yourself to sink into that is a huge piece. And I think a lot of that can be cultivated through many avenues. And a couple of my favorites are um, a couple of levels of practice. So I think there's a passive component which is just sort of allowing yourself to tune into messages around building this trust. And I like to create guided meditations around this, which you can do in a more intentional way, just sitting and listening. You can do it in a more passive way, like before you fall asleep, listening to a few times or when you're out on a walk or when you're taking a break from one piece of your day and, and, getting ready to shift gears into the next when you're driving. Sort of listening to the messages of reminding yourself of just how smart and intelligent your body is, how many trillions of reactions and exchanges are happening energetically, moment to moment, millisecond to millisecond between all the trillions of cells and all the things you don't have to think about that are being taken care of for you, for your flourishing, for your thriving. And and to just remember that that is actually at work within you thousands of times over all the time. And so when you feel a distinct message coming in from your body, t- to trust it because it's it's trying to lead you to where you want to be. So that's sort of part one, the sort of passive meditation that you can do in any way that resonates for you. And I would recommend tuning into at least one time a day. If you can find multiple places to put it on in the background, even better because it's going to sort of have a hypnotic subconscious repatterning effect. Secondly, is a more intentional practice and a more active practice of learning to follow those impulses. And this is something that I think is so often forgotten, especially in the spiritual energy and intuitive wellness spaces, right? Intuition is a really big and popular thread right now as is embodiment, but there's not a lot of handheld approaches as to how to be responding to this. And a big reason why is because actually practicing this feels uncomfortable, but with your exuberant dancing, you're already participating in, you are tapping into this on some level. Right, the permission to just be free and and wiggle and move and like not be beautiful or perfect. So, um, another practice that I found incredibly powerful is what I call intuitive movement, where for a section of time, I I've built this into several hours for myself. But again, like I'm an expert and a master in this space, um, but you know, giving yourself a ten to fifteen minute window where you just let yourself move in the ways that feel good, no matter what it looks like. And when we first enter into this practice, a lot of what will happen, going to be these judgments of, well, that is stupid, or like, why would I do that? that that's not going to burn calories, or that's not going to stretch or release this. And it's the practice of putting the mind, that loop of judgment, criticism, analysis, putting it aside and following feeling instead, prioritizing your body's messages instead of your analytical mind. And it's not always easy. Some days it flows more freely than others, but generating a consistent practice around this really helps people get in tune with their unique internal body messaging system. Because intuition is unique to each of us and we need time and space to cultivate that practice. So what I'll do here is I'll create a guided intuitive movement practice to help give you some structure and some guiding principles to help you start to explore this space. And then the third yeah. thing is, is just a little bit of reflection and journaling, which you can do mm-hmm. as a result of that intuitive movement practice or just sort of like as a daily check-in to start noticing these four pillars, you know? like. And I like to orient these journal prompts sort of around the aspirational side, like where we want to go versus looking at what's wrong. Um, thinking about... What was a moment or a sensation that felt particularly delicious in your body today and why? And allowing yourself to just fully indulge in that through writing for a moment or taking a moment to clarify, like, what are the core emotions, feelings, desires I want to embody more of? and how would they feel like what are those sensations is it bubbling is it tingling is it is it visual is it sensational right and and allowing yourself to get sort of playful in creating the relationship with your body but creating it from this space of intention attention and and joy and aspiration
1: mm. I really love that. I'm super excited to to do that. So, uh, to summarize, first, um, you know, some meditation and and just listening to the cues and all the sensations that are happening in your body, and then using that to do intuitive movement. So just moving the way that you your, your body is telling you to, and to not, move. Not, yeah. not yeah, and and not not judging that and not. Like, trying to to criticize yourself for choosing this way of moving over over the others and then having some reflections on all the things that happen all the things that you learned and where you want to be with that and not being critical again I think it's a, a key point because I think our entire rel- relationship with movement and with our bodies is just bad because of the way we are judging ourselves and and we are just you know criticizing ourselves so uh this is what i'm gonna do uh for the next week or two and then um the next week we the next you know for you i guess next week or this the second episode that we're going to post you're going to hear my reflections on on that practice and then we're gonna start um going forward from there so i'm very excited about that again if you want to um, kind of revisit all those instructions. You can, uh, you know, hit the website that is going to be in the in the episode description in the show notes, uh, so you can hit the link and just you know read that there uh, in your own time. And yeah, I'm super excited to try that, and I'm sure that you will enjoy it as well. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Murray, for of course. showing like you know sharing that knowledge and and chatting with me today. And I just also want to
0: clarify that all of these practices I'm giving Julia, you will all have access to. So you get to be in this journey alongside of us. And we're really excited yeah. to hear your thoughts and feedback as well. And so there'll be a space for you to share questions or concerns. And we're really excited to be able to address these with you in real time as we all go on this journey together
1: yeah on the website you have a contact form and we would love to hear from you if you have tried these practices you can tell us about what is your relationship with, with your body and with movement um, and how that ha- that has changed um, and uh, what do you want to achieve and we would love to get in contact with you uh, and yeah and start from there and you know have that sense of community as we you know you know have this journey together um and i'm sure that you know at the end of it we can we will be different people i i am sure in in some degree in many degrees <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's that's amazing um i'm super excited to do you know to try that and i guess we'll see each other in the next episode i'm so looking forward to it Meant to Move is hosted and produced by Marie Janicek and Julia Spohr as a series posted on the Being Better and this thing called Movement Podcasts. If you want to learn more or try out a practice mentioned in the episode, visit the website attached in the show notes
0: on our website, you will also find a contact form through which you can send us questions, tell us about your struggles, and also share your recent successes. We'd love to hear about your journey with embodiment and movement and answer any questions you may have in future episodes. Because if you're asking these questions, it's likely others are struggling with the same things too. So please don't hesitate to reach out.
1: Thank you so much for listening and remember that you are so much more than you think and that you are really meant to move.